0: Welcome to 99 ways to win the place where women Christians and entrepreneurs can be inspired informed and empowered. I'm your host Michelle Wright. Let's get started. So a couple of wins for me recently. One I have a project that I'm working on to be finished uh, towards the end of April and I finally got all of that stuff out of my head and actually sat down and wrote a synopsis of what I want this project to really be and accomplish. So that is definitely a win for me because I have more direction and you'll hear about it more about it later but it's really in the infancy stages for right now. Another win for me is I just took some me time over the weekend and really made sure that I got the rest that I needed to catch up from the events of the previous week. So last episode, I shared with you just a Bible verse. This time, I am going to actually share not just a verse, but a portion of a devotional. So I know as Christians, we should read our Bible every day, preferably multiple times a day. But you know, we should read our Bible every day because that is where God tells us about Himself, about how He operates, things that He's done, things that He will do. You can't really know somebody if you don't know how they think and know what they have to say to you and listen to them. And that is the main way that God speaks to us. That being said, I have found it a challenge lately to consistently read because I didn't have anything to guide me. So I decided, okay. I just need to buy another devotional because me freestyling it is not working. See most recent episode, give up to get ahead for that concept. But anyway, I decided I need another devotional. Uh, I had one a year or so ago called Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. Shout out to Sister Mobley who gifted me with that and I loved it. It was such a blessing. So just a side note, you can always be a blessing to somebody and help them improve and grow spiritually by giving them thoughtful gifts such as a devotional or a book what have you depending on what you know about that person and what their needs and likes are. So that being said I decided to go ahead and see what other devotionals Sarah Young had and I've got Jesus lives seeing his love in your life by Sarah Young and so this devotional that I read last week really really hit me. The title of it is Trust and I'll just read This first sentence or so here. Now just a little background. The way these devotionals are written is the concept is this is Jesus Christ speaking directly to you as one of his children, one of his followers as a Christian. And it reads, I want to make your life a glorious adventure, but you must stop striving for a lifestyle that feels safe. It had me right there because I naturally want security, safety, predictability. It also talks about, uh, you know, you feel safest when your life is predictable and things seem to be under control. I want you to break free and discover the adventures I have planned for you. The greatest adventure of all is knowing me abundantly, discovering how wide and long and high and deep is my love for you. And then later on, it goes on down to say that people have a fear of being close to Jesus experiencing his love uh, and things like that. And so we will back away or kind of keep our distance because that's more comfortable. And I feel like in my life that has definitely been true because I think, well, you know, I don't know how that's going to change my plans or uh, if I spend so much time trying to read my Bible or pray, then I'm not going to do this other stuff. And, you know, really it's kind of silly, but these are things that I think subconsciously and consciously. Another part of this devotional that I really like says this. When unexpected events shake up your routines, rejoice. This is exactly what you need to wake you up and point you toward me. Me being Jesus Christ. So in other words, when things get a little crazy, you should be happy because this reminds you to come to me. And it points you back to God if you have the right mindset. So and there are three verses that were put with this devotional and the one that meant the most to me was 1st John 4 and 18 there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love now for context um, the main point is that we should not be fearful of condemnation uh, from sin because Jesus has paid the price for the sin. And when we become a follower of Jesus we don't have to fear punishment, judgment, condemnation. Also we don't need to fear anything in the world because nobody can destroy our soul. God is over that. And so anything that may happen to us God is in control. He can protect us or sustain us as he so chooses whatever may come our way. In the context of this trust Uh, For me, I just thought about when it says fear has to do with punishment. I just kept thinking about how I was punishing myself by being fearful because fear is a bad feeling. Goes without saying. But, you know, worrying about how something's going to turn out, being afraid of how someone's going to look at me or think about something. Just constantly having these thoughts and having these subconscious fears or worrying about how God is going to provide for something or whether or not he's really going to grant me this request that I have in my heart that I'm maybe even afraid to even bring to him. All of those things are just painful, uncomfortable, wears me down. So it is like a punishment. And that's not what God wants me to live in. That's not what God wants me to walk in. That's not what God wants you to walk in as a child of God. So when we walk in his love and what he's provided for us, In the way of forgiveness of sins, in the way of strength through trials, in the way of providing for our needs, granting our requests. When we walk in that and we live in that, then we we have freedom. And so this really encouraged me to walk more in God's love, to let go of worry and fear on another level. And so I wanted to share it with you guys. So I hope that is helpful. Again, this is Jesus Lives by Sarah Young. Uh, You can buy it on Amazon. You may be able to get it at the library. I don't know. Free. Uh, Then you have, you know, thrift store, half price books, etc. There is a website called thriftbooks.com. I believe that's it. I've used it a couple of times to get books affordably. And again, there's Amazon. Uh, If you go over to at 99 ways to win on Instagram, I will post a link, uh, an affiliate link so you can support the podcast and also purchase the book if you're interested in that. So, February is Black History Month. We still got another week left. And I had a faithful podcast subscriber, who is also one of my good friends, suggest that I do something about Black History Month. So, here we go. How Black History Became a Thing. So, I've heard people say, you know, they love Black History Month. I've heard people say, why we only get one month. I've heard people say, Why did we just focus on Black History just one month? It should be all year. All that being said, do you know how Black History Month started? Do you know what came before Black History Month? Well, let me tell you. Before there was Black History Month, there was Negro History Week. And that was established in the year 1926, by the esteemed Carter G. Woodson, who is known as the father of black history. Now, according to the page on the NAACP.org website, Carter G. Woodson authored 18 books. He earned a PhD in history from Harvard, and he and his friends established the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. Then later, he produced the Journal of Negro History, And also the Negro History Bulletin. Now this was a black man whose parents were former slaves. He was born in 1875 in Virginia. He wasn't able to go to school very much as a child because he had to work on the farm. So he was largely self-taught all through elementary and high school ages and by the time he was 17 in his own words He was able to master the fundamentals of common subjects. After turning 17, he and his brother moved to Huntington, Virginia. Because he wanted to attend a high school there. But he had to earn a living. And so he took a job as a minor. He did not enter high school until he was 20 years old, y'all. 20 years old, he finally gets to go to high school. Still having to work, I'm sure, mind you, as a minor. A miner working in the mines like coal mines. Um, he graduated high school in less than two years. After not having much formal schooling at all. All the way from, you know, birth to 20 years old. And then he gets into high school finishes in less than two years. He later went on to get a bachelor's. And then of course a master's. And then eventually a PhD. And y'all, he did all of this in the, the early 1900s. So that's just a little bit about the father of black history who established Negro History Week, which later ended up being expanded to Black History Month. Now, some takeaways from reading uh, his story, which again, you can go to NAACP.org. And there is a page about Carter G. Woodson where you can read more details about his life and his accomplishments. It's really interesting. I suggest you go do that. Shout out to my friend Tricia for uh, sending me the link to that page. Um, So takeaways from Carter G. Woodson's biography in life. Number one, if you are truly determined and put in the work, you can accomplish great things that benefit many, many people after you. This man had you know, no formal education for years. He grew up poor. Uh, He grew up during a time when black people had just recently been uh, freed from slavery. Yet, he still found a way to educate himself, get into school. Um, He actually traveled abroad and went to other countries and then came back. You know, there's so many things that this man accomplished because obviously he was very focused, uh, very determined to do certain things and make something of himself and to benefit other people. He was an educator, a scholar, a historian. And so he did what he needed to do, what he wanted to do. He found a way. And so we, in the year 2021 and our kids, its no excuse. Second takeaway, no matter your situation or lack of education, you have an important role to play in the world and in the lives of those that you're around. Carter G. Woodson's parents could not read, but obviously they taught him the value of hard work. In particular, Carter G. Woodson credited his father for instilling strong moral character in him. He says his father warned him to not lose his soul by compromising his principles, accepting insult, misleading his fellow man or betraying his people. So even though Carter G. Woodson's father was not educated in a formal sense, and he was poor financially he was rich in character and principle and he passed that along to his son which no doubt helped him very much in his pursuit of education and in the life that he went on to lead as a grown man so don't minimize yourself or minimize your impact or your importance just because you don't have a certain education or you don't have a certain job or you don't have a certain social status everybody is important Everybody has something that they can offer. And particularly if you're a Christian, everybody in the kingdom matters. And Jesus talked a lot about how those that we see as the least would end up being the greatest and how he valued people that other people, uh, you know, looked looked with disdain upon. And even if you go into the Old Testament, it talks about how God looks at the heart. So whatever you have, wherever you are, use it to the best of your ability. Use it to bless people and don't ever think that you don't matter. You're not as good as somebody else. And third takeaway, if you notice something is missing and you feel a burning passion or a nagging feeling to do something about it, just do it. Your colleagues need you to join them or to lead the way. The generations after you need you to lay the foundation. Whatever God has put on your heart, You need to do it. Uh, Carter G. Woodson was an educator. He had a passion for history. I mean, look at the foresight. He felt like that black people fresh out of slavery, they needed to know their history. They needed to know where they came from. They needed to know about the great civilizations and accomplishments in Africa before we were brought over here. They needed to know the accomplishments that had been made and the contributions to America after we got here. And so he made it his business to chronicle those things and publish books and educate. If he had not done that, I I mean, I don't know what the state of education and the state of black America would be today if he had not started that. So whatever it is that God has put on your heart and referencing back to the second one about not minimizing yourself, however, quote unquote, small you may think it is. If God has put it on your heart, you need to do it. I know a sister that she has her own ministry where she just, she loves to cook. She's good at it uh, and it's on her heart to bless people with food. She takes food to senior citizens. She takes food, I believe, to people that maybe that have less means. Uh, they try to feed the homeless also, I believe. Uh, so just something as simple as cooking a meal. And I don't know about y'all, but when somebody give me a good meal, that's a blessing and I'm happy. Uh, that makes me feel good, makes me feel loved. So that's her ministry, and she does that. Whatever it is, if it's on your heart and it bothers you, you see something's missing, you see a void, go fill it. So that's the little black history segment with some motivation, personal development thrown in. Again, Carter G. Woodson did write 18 books. I personally read The Miseducation of the Negro uh, when I was in, I believe, I was in college. I was an African-American studies minor at Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Shout out to MTSU. Um, So um, if you would like to read something by Carter G. Woodson, I would say that would be a good start just because that's the one that I read. Uh, It's written in the 1900s. So the wording is a little bit different, but I found it to be kind of simple to read. But the way that they form sentences was a little bit different back then. So it might be a little awkward, but... It was very good. This man was very astute. So I def- definitely recommend you check that out. Go over to my Instagram at 99 wincom and again, I will have an Amazon affiliate link where you can click that and get the book or you can go to the library or Half Price Books or thriftbooks.com, whatever works for you. So last but not least, I'm going to make a request of you as a listener. Let me know what you would like me to talk about what you would like me to address. Um, next month, I will start sharing content with interviews with different professionals and people that I have met and come in contact with. So if there's a certain topic that you want me to address that women, Christians, or entrepreneurs would be interested in, let me know. Put something in the comments here on Podbean. Hit me up on Instagram or send me an email, michelle at 99 wincom and I guarantee you I will read it. And I will respond. Also, if you prefer, you can send me a text at 682 738 5393. So, if you want to text me, 99 Ways to Win, that number is 682 738 5393. So, I hope this has been helpful. Hope you got something out of this episode. If you did, please make sure to like it, drop a comment, and then share it with somebody. Until next time, this is Michelle Wright of 99 Ways to Win. Keep seeking your success.